0: G'day, Trendsetters, welcome to episode 483 of the Trainsmooth Podcast. My name is Tim Meg. And if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website trainsmooth.com. Oh. A lot has been going on in the sporting world at the moment. We've you know, a couple of weekends ago it was Jan Fredino vs. Lionel Sanders. That was just it copped a lot of criticism, but to me I thought it was spectacular. I loved every bit of that um lionel lionel the differences between lionel and yarn was night and day just by every minute of the of the race um you can tell yarns comes from an itu or wts background now um just by the way he enters the water everything was just flawless um lionel he swims come a long long way you'd watch him some video footage of him swimming a few years back to watch him swim now there's he he's definitely improved. Um, on the bike, though, Jan looks like a cyclist. He j- just beautiful. And Jan, uh, sorry, Jan looks like a cyclist. Just beautiful. And Lionel, he's just muscles his way through that. <laughs> it's just pure muscle. And then on the run, to me, yarn has has got one of the nicest run techniques in triathlon history. Um, this this. He he's definitely makes my top three of all time, um, probably top two. I think the best-looking runner in triathlon history, to me, my personal opinion, is Craig Alexander. Yarns, um, probably second, maybe third, and Cameron Brown somewhere, either second or third. I think they're the t- three best-looking runners in triathlon history. I, just lo- I could sit there and watch him run all day. Um, but, yeah, Lionel... <laughs> nasty looking technique but um he he, he's fast and again he just muscles his way through it all so it's it was good racing I can't believe how many people thought it was boring thought it was crap I just loved it now we've got the Olympics on that was that's been tremendous um it's you know it's it's funny because obviously I live in Tasmania Tasmania's got um yeah 500,000 people living in the state and I, I'm in Northern Tasmania, Launceston, and in and around that area, there's about a hundred thousand people that live in in this area. And I was just saying to my um, wife yesterday, I was like, "Geez, we punch above our weight up in Launceston, not in Tasmania, yeah, but in Launceston. Like we've in this Olympics, we had Jake Burke whistle, Launceston boy. He didn't go quite according to plan. His race for the triathlons he had uh, he ended up breaking his nose." Um, in that false start of the triathlon and then you know we had um the whole state came to a complete stop or well, definitely Launceston where all every work 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 um, workplace schools all stopped to watch their little 100 meter freestyle so a 400 meter freestyle swimmer Launceston girl she she smashed it so she and you, we obviously have Richie port from Launceston it, it, it's it's We above, you know, with the amount of um, world champions or professional athletes that come out of Launceston is incredible. The amount of um, people playing Aussie rules um, is huge. We've had Daniel Gill, boxer. He's um, world champion boxer. He's come from just uh, just around the corner. We've, you know, at one stage we had four or five. Pro cyclists in the World Tour at one time. We've only got one niche now with Richie Port. But like last year, I get we did have had two. We had Will Clark, but he's retired now. But before that, we had Matty Gost of Salzberger Brothers. It's, we we had a um, Josh. Oh, what's his name? Josh Harris, he was Australia's greatest great hope for the Olympic marathons. But a few years back, he had a career-ending industry, But we, geez, we punch above our weight. He's just little Launceston. But anyway, I'm being glued to the telly with the Olympics. It's been good. So, but anyway, I should actually start answering a question. Who comes from Lachlan? Who writes? Bear with me. I just bring it up. There it is. Um, just just as I'm training for my first Ironman, in brackets was going to be a 70.3 in September, but now probably be a full Ironman in next May. Uh, currently I am using a road bike uh, um, on loan and looking to purchase my own bike soon. Should I be looking at buying a road bike or a TT bike? I would probably be able to borrow a TT bike for race day, but just wondering if I should buy my own road bike or TT bike for training. Is it, sim- is it important to train on the same bike that you'll be racing on? Uh, yeah. So there's a few things here. It depends what your goal is. Is your goal just to finish um, Finish. The Ironman, with who cares what time you finish it in? Um, probably the road bike's the way to go because uh, you can, you know, it's just a more enjoyable ride. Um, if, if you have a, a goal in mind also, and you want to see how fast you can go, TT bike all the way. As for um, borrowing a bike, um, come race day, that you're that's may most likely not going to end well you really want to be used to that position it takes a while to for to get used to that um, time trial position that aero position making sure it's fitted to you Um, it can it can take a long long time now if you're going to borrow a time trial bike and then find out you're going to be spending 90 percent of that bike ride sitting up you're probably better off on a a road bike um you uh, if if you've got um if it's triathlons you want to do properly I'd be looking time trial bike first to get the, get that get your position right train on that get, and make that aero position your default position and then when money becomes available then you can upgrade then you can get a um, second bike as a road bike for the the fun part if it's just purely, I want to just do an Man and have a bit of fun, a road bike. Um, you can also always get a time trial bike, yeah, um, do the race, train for the race, do the race, and after sell it and get a road bike. Um, there's a lot of good bargains out there, um, second hand. So you, you, if you don't mind, you know, you can get a bike that was ten thousand dollars in. 2012 um, and you can get that for about $2,000 now it's, it, it's it's aging but it's pro- most likely been well looked after and that will do you do you really, really well. You can get a bike that was probably, you know, $8,000 four years ago. And you can probably get that for about four $5,000 now. So I don't know what your budget is. You can also get like a $4,000 bike that was worth, that, that was um, six, seven, eight years ago, and you could probably get that for about $1,500 now. Um, so it depends what your budget is, but um, and it depends what your goal is you always have to grab that goal of yours and reverse engineer it what's going to be best for it um, the time differences between a road bike and a time trial bike is going to be night and day It's you're looking I'm not there's no exact data in my little head here but I would dare say there's a 30 minute difference there between a, um, a, ro- a, a time trial bike and a road bike and a properly fitted both, both end over an Ironman so I, I I dare say you you got to keep that in mind with your with your goal, but um, but it's all good crap too, and you, and it's what you're doing is buying speed, buying buying you know how quickly do you want to be smashing that pizza and beer at the end of the race? Do you want to get to that as quickly as possible? <laughs> then you can buy buy time, and you know it's easy for me to say you know just. In my little head, time's everything. You know how quick we can do do how quick can we get to the finishing line? Is you know let let's push the boundaries here as much as we can. But for but for a lot of people doing an Ironman, they don't care about that. They just they just want to. It's a life experience they're doing. They're a bucket list job. They're just going to finish it. They don't care if they come in sixteen hours. They don't care if they come in thirteen hours. It's it's all good to them. They they're happy. And, um, but I dare say, guessing, if you're listening to the podcast, you're a little bit interested in on time, even if you're walking around saying, oh, you know, I just want to finish, but deep down you think, oh, I'd love to get off, get out of the water at this time, get off the bike at this time and then run this time. That will get me this time at the end. And then you've got to think, well, M is my training, um Indicated because I see this a lot too when athletes go, Oh, I reckon I could do a s you know a six hour bike ride, a five hour bike ride, but there's nothing in their training indicating that that's humanly possible. Um so 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 um you've got to you gotta look at the big picture when you go and you, you say, oh yeah I can, I can swim an hour I can swim yeah about that. And then you think well oh, that's you know, swim an hour that's a minute thirty four minute 35 per 100 meters can you do that for non-stop and i know i'm going off into the bushes here so you grab your goal that you want to achieve make sure it's realistic goal and you just start reverse engineering that what's the equipment you're going to need what's the training i'm going to need to get to that point from six weeks out from 12 weeks out from yeah and you just start working your way back um, what what's the body weight going to have to be? It, what the aero how important the aerodynamics going to have to be for this goal? You just slowly but surely work your way back from what you're going to need. Uh, I hope that helps. If you guys have any other questions, you know what to do. Jump on through to the website. Until next episode, hooray. Hey,